This is the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast. If you're looking to explore Sierra Leone and understand its culture and its people, you've come to the right place. On every show, you'll meet Sierra Leonean creatives and entrepreneurs overcoming challenges and beating the odds. They are artists, filmmakers, musicians, chefs, writers, storytellers, and designers leading Sierra Leone's orange economy, both at home and from the diaspora. I'm your host, Vicky Rameau, journalist, entrepreneur, and community builder on a mission to expand Sierra Leone's presence on the web. Hashtag Make Sierra Leone Famous. The other voice you'll hear on Make Sierra Leone Famous is sound engineer and producer Frank Vin Bob McEwen at VRNC Marketing Company in Freetown, where this show is mixed and mastered. Now, make the show begin. Me not be one of the speakers for the Youth Connect Summit. Um, nah, Kigali, I've been getting invitation from Paul Kagame. So me go alone and I get this um, UNDP people go. They're like, yeah. So uh, as I me not be one of the speakers, they're like, hey, Siraj, okay, yeah, you do this. So how do your country don't help you? Like waiting at the stuff we. Um, the government don't provide for, for you, you if um, so because um, for Rwanda and other countries we get at least we get funds available for young people. We want yeah. start something. Yeah. I was like, me never receive anything, and yeah. I never heard about anything. But young entrepreneurs in Sierra Leone look yeah. at our young minister of you yeah. Ask him. Today on the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast, I'm talking to 23-year-old, multiple award-winning social and green entrepreneur. He was the 2018 first runner-up of the Anita Prize. In 2019, he won the Anita Job Creation Award. In 2019, he also won the Total Start Upper Award in Sierra Leone. He is a United Nations Young Champion of the Earth Award Regional Finalist for 2019. In 2020, he won Harvard University's New Venture Competition. He is a finalist for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Generation Change Africa. And he is the founder of Rugsell Trading. Today, my guest is the inspiring and tenacious Alaji Shiraz Ba. Woohoo! <laughs> so. What gets me about your story is that it is a very familiar story. Um, There's so many young people in Sierra Leone who have come from the provinces to Freetown and they've not started life with a silver or gold spoon in their mouth. Um, but somehow, even though you didn't have all the wealth, didn't have all the opportunity or the resources, you've been able to create one of the most innovative um, social and um, renewable energy companies in Sierra Leone. I mean, we're not even going to talk about your age at 23, but um, one thing that always strikes me is like, what ignited this for you? Um, what happened to you? Who touched you? What Like something had to have happened that set you on this path. What was that? So um, basically, um, I came from um, the province and I was born in Kono District and um, Nimiko Chivdom. And I left when I was um, something around 12, 13 years. Yeah, so I came to the city, had nobody, lived on the street for a while, and uh, 
Yeah, I struggled a lot and um, I was adopted a few months after adoption. So I was not even legally adopted, but I was living with this family. Like a family yeah. met you just on the yeah, streets yeah. randomly and they found out you didn't have your own family in Freetown and they decided to take you in. Yeah. So like men picking, yeah. but not like a like a foster family, but not yeah. like an official paper yeah, adoption. Uh, okay. So I lived with them for a while, then um, something like around nine months, then was it in August, um, 14th of August. But um, while I was living with the family and I had to secure a job, you know, free time. Um, of course. People could take you in, but um, they're not going to do all things. They're not going to provide. Yeah. Maybe so, sometimes even the one that we didn't get to be then they're not able to provide for their yeah, use. So, so they're going to give you sight for sleep. Yeah. Yes, but, but you that you still need for do yeah. something for you. So um, by then I've been, uh, I secured a job with this water factory called um, Family Joy. So I usually go to work at night as a laborer by then. Okay. So I usually go to work at night and um, come back in the morning. So that's what saved me during the most life. So I went to work at night and came back in the morning and found out like, boom, this had happened. So the family that took you in lived in the community. Yeah. What's that community called? Up region. Yeah, up region. So they lived in the path of the mudslide that happened in 2017. Yeah. So the only reason why you weren't at home during the mudslide is because you worked nights. Yeah, so. so you were at work in town yeah. when the mudslide happened. Yeah. At Wilkinson Road, just close to... Okay, so the workplace was in Wilkinson Road. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, from then I had to go back to the street, but... Um, no, wait. So did your entire adoptive family pass away in the mudslide? Yeah, seven of them. All of them? All of them. So... Um, but then I was like, hey, yeah. how how do you cope with something like that? So actually, I lost my dad at 12. So at least I've been used to it. So wow. wow. I've been losing people closer to me, people who've tried to help me out in there. So uh, I went back to the street again. Um, um, so after the most light, I had to talk to the manager of the company, Family Joy. So she allowed me to stay with them. Like at the company, yeah, at the yeah, factory, yeah. the facility. So I was being paid around, was it 10,000 years by then per day? So so I was working out. Like a dollar a day. Yeah, like a dollar a day. Okay. So uh, I was being paid now like um, two times that I was paid before because I was working day and night. Right, because you didn't have a home to yeah, go to. Yeah. So you were just working yeah. basically round the clock. Yeah. Like if they, the company was open, you were working. Yeah. So at night I work as a laborer to pack the water. So... In the afternoon, I'll just help them to load the water okay. in the van, yeah. Okay. So um, I was able to secure, uh, was it 106000 by then? Because dollar was around 800000 by then, $100. So I was able to secure 106000 Leons and um, Per month? For one month? So you were able to save that much? Okay. Save yeah, that much. so I saved okay. that $20. And um, I was like... Wait, 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 hold on. You're making... So you went from making... 10,000 a day to about 20,000 because your shift was doubled. And so that means in a month you were making like 600,000 now. Okay. And from that, you were able to save 160,000. How long did it take you to save 160,000? Something like a month plus. Okay, so just the one month you were just like, okay. So, because remember, I lost my, uh, my dad, but not my mom. So, my mom was at. Your yeah, so she was in corner. I had to send money back home. <laughs> so, yeah. How old were you then? I was around seventeen. Okay. Yeah, seventeen years by then. So, um. Wait, were you also in school? No, I was not in school. Okay, then. Not in school. Yeah, I was not in school. Then. So, um, 
I saved that 106,000 yens and um, I googled a lot about young entrepreneurs in Africa, people who started from nothing, and I found a lot of young entrepreneurs who've done it before in Kenya. How did, how did you find them? So I used to borrow a phone from my friends who were working. Um, okay, so the internet. Yes. Okay. I, I used to borrow the phone and Google. Google. <laughs> Google and YouTube. Yeah. So, so I found a lot of young entrepreneurs in the continent who've done it before. I was like, what was the it's that they were doing? Um, just people. Just who, people who were had started businesses from a young age. Okay. People who are now um, celebrated young African entrepreneurs who okay. started from nothing. Okay. So I found a lot of young people, and um, I found this guy. He's from um, he's from Uganda. His okay. name is Andrew Puya. So he started his paperback company with sixteen dollars, and I was like, hey, I got twenty dollars. I'm four dollars richer than this guy. <laughs> After all. <laughs> Yes, so yeah. it's, uh, we can't do it. Okay, okay. So I uh, was like, yeah, I'm further richer than this guy. <laughs> I can do it. So there was a problem now. I have the money, so how can I start to produce these bags? And yeah, so I use YouTube to learn how to make paper bags from the Indians on YouTube. And um, the same Andrew Puya from, uh, he had got uh, a lot of YouTube videos by then. So I used... Um, YouTube to learn how to make paper bags and I'm away. And and wait, what does it take to make a paper bag? It takes paper. What are the ingredients? Are the ingredients? It takes paper. So any kind of paper? Uh, it depends on the kind of bag you want to make. Okay. Yeah. So I'm guessing a thicker bag means you need a thicker weight bag. What kind of paper makes the best paper bag? Um, it depends on the kind of papers you want to make. It depends on you. So, okay, let's say, you know, one of the things that bothers me a lot in yeah. Sierra Leone is when you order food from a restaurant, yeah. they come in plastic bags. Yes. And my thing is always like, I don't want my food in plastic bag because I think that single-use plastic is really a menace yeah. to the environment and in Sierra Leone, period. So let's say a brown paper bag that a restaurant could put food in to deliver. What would you take to make something like that? So, um... Those were the first bag that I made. So okay. I went to, um, it was it Garrison Street? Yeah, Garrison Street. I bought these brown um, papers. They come in rolls. So I bought them, was it um, 2,000 lions per roll by then, yeah. So I came back home and I carved the bag out of these, these brown paper bags. Mm -hmm. Yeah, out of these brown uh, papers. Mm -hmm. So I took them to a lot of um, restaurants, hotels mm -hmm. by then. But um, a lot of people were like, um, no, because uh, it was expensive compared to the plastic bag. It is more expensive yeah, than plastic And um, it takes more time because I was the one, I was working Making alone by then. Yeah. Right. Making it alone, right. You so had your job day and night and yeah. then you have to cut the paper and yeah. the labor. Okay. So, yeah. How do you join it? Is it with glue? So, glue? so with glue, yeah. Okay. So I went to the market, bought paper, scissors, glue and rulers and all. So I came back home, learned how to make this bag like a week and... Um, Destroyed a lot of papers and I got like, um, I was, I managed a prototype. To, yeah. <laughs> I managed to make 100 bags and I took these bags to a lot of restaurants and, um, and got hotels. And so after one week, I got an order from this hotel called Mariam Hotel. Okay. Yeah. It's at the beach? At the yeah, beach. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, back of uh, Calon Drive. Mm -hmm, yeah. So a week later, I got like, I got a call from them. So remember, I've used the whole twenty dollars that I saved <laughs> to buy papers, and I made this prototype. Yeah. So I got right. nothing now left with me. So they are like, "Hey, Siraj." Um, so I went to these people and I lied. Um, yeah. You didn't lie. No, I you lied.
The Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast is made possible by Dots Blue. With its certified air freight service, Dot Blue is the easy and affordable way to ship to Salon from the US or from the US to Salon. No need to wait till someone is going home. Dot Blue will deliver your next package to Sierra Leone in 15 days or less. To ship with Dot Blue, contact us on WhatsApp on plus one two four zero four six zero two zero five six or plus two three two eight eight three one three 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 zero in sierra leone you can find our office at 17a wallace johnson street in freetown fly and go with dot blue we go deliver for you d-o-t-b-l-e-u dot com Listen. So, listen. So, so I went to the people and I was like, hey, we just opened, because you know, in Sierra Leone, people take, uh, take it like, um, if you're doing something to start up, like people know that. If, if it's small, they have no respect for they it. Respect. Yeah, they don't want so, to know. So you have to. Yeah. So I was like, hey, we just opened this factory. We got our machines from China. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. He said, told story, story. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like, we got our factory, our facility, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, they were like, okay, no problem. And they ordered for this 1,000 bags. They were like, wow. oh, how can we get the 1,000 bags? So I was like, okay, now I've got my order, like 1,000 bags. Okay, mm-hmm. no problem. And I was charging 1,000 millions per bag. Okay. So I've got like Your 1 million. Yeah. Okay. So um, I got like one million yens order for one million yens. I was like, okay, yeah, it's not bad. I was working for like a month and saved something like hundred and sixty thousand. Uh-huh. And this one million yens, uh, my profit margin was something around fifty five percent, and I was making like five hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is huge. Wow, look at this money. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But there comes a the problem. I had no money with me, so to buy the raw materials, and I was like. You didn't ask them to pre-finance, like give you a deposit? <laughs> so I went to them and I was like, okay. So this is our policy. Um, you pay 50% yeah. uh, uh, of the total cost. Then after produce and deliver your bag, then you can pay the remaining 50%. They're like, okay, no problem. Yeah, that's yeah. normal. Anybody would expect so, to pay so, a percentage. So, so basically that's how I grew the business from, yeah. So I, and uh, they gave me like um, seven days to deliver these bags. And I was like, yeah. Seven days. Seven days it had taken you a week to make a hundred, yeah. no? I need to up my production skills. <laughs> so I talked to the manager that I was working with and I was like, hey, my mom is sick. And um, yeah, and I lied again. <laughs> But if you had said, if you had said, I've started my own business and I I just got my first order and I need time to produce. Remember, I was just 16, 17 by then. I was so young and I was scared of losing the job. That was, um, okay, this was my security job. This I know that I work here and make money every month, but this was just order. I'm not sure if I'm going to get this order again. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I spoke to an entrepreneur yesterday who was saying that like, you know, I asked her what advice she would give to entrepreneurs in Sierra Leone. She was like, basically, make sure you have security. a job, yeah. basically, because Please. you need something to provide for, for you, you. Because yeah. it's a long time before, like, because she was saying that 
a lot of people like the idea of being a CEO. So people will start a company. They're not saying the company, not a feed there, but they're like, I'm a CEO. <laughs> Up till now, I'm not receiving salary from my company and I'm not taking anything from the company. I live on my side hustle that I'm doing at this point. So um, so you need a side hustle exactly. to make yeah, money. So Because it takes a lot, a lot of time to um, grow something bigger. And yeah, so um, I was like, hey, my mom is sick and I need two weeks off and yeah. I was like, no, 10 days off. She was like, okay, no problem. So I had to work like 16 to 20 hours a day to produce these bags and I produced them in five days. You didn't yeah. ask, you didn't have any friends you could ask for help or anything like that? Vicky, you know, Sierra unions. we Sierra Leoneans, we do not believe in something new and um, there are hardworking Sierra unions out there, but there are few hardworking young Sierra unions. People who's gonna believe in something that um, that is nothing for now. Right, like there's no benefit. It is right? no benefit. They're not earning anything. They're like, ah, come on. Was a part of it also because you had come from the provinces and you had been living on the streets. You didn't have a social network, right, in Freetown, where you would say that like, I have lots of friends. I can just say, hey guys, I'm doing this thing. Did you have friends? Um, up to now, I don't have friends. A lot of friends. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't have a lot of friends. I usually don't go. I've never been out in Freetown, never been to a club, so I got no friends. <laughs> we have to change this, you guys. <laughs> what? So uh, 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 basically, I produced these bags in, I think, for me, was it five days? Yeah. So they started referring me to a lot of customers, and yeah, so that's how I got uh, the business from um, working alone in two months. I had to employ two people. So I saw this Anzisha, um, our thingy. So Andrew Mpuya is one of the early winners for Anzisha Prize okay, okay, in South okay, Africa. Okay. So I saw this thing on the same Google again. Uh, I was like, hey, so there are people who's going to give you money for some for a startup company. Let me try. Yeah, let me try. So I told people that I was living with, they're like, come on, this now Frodo. How possible will give you money like that? Right, right. <laughs> Right, so just for for just your idea, for idea. <laughs> yeah, just for idea. Your idea. What's like? Hey, let me just try. I tried. I applied. Then um, yeah. So I applied. Um, was it around eight hundred people who applied for the award? And I got. I was among the top one hundred people. So I got my. So um, they interviewed me on phone, and I made it to the top fifty again. So they flew all the way from South Africa to here to check our business. They check my business. Was it me and Clancy? Yeah. We made it to semi-finals, me and Clancy. He's now the C, uh, uh, was it CFO of uh, Multimedia Plus something. Okay. Yeah. So um, they checked our businesses. They went back. So I, was, I managed to make it to the top 20. So Clancy dropped mm-hmm. as a finalist. And I made it to the top 20. And that was my first time to even go to Lunge. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, hey, Siraj. Okay, now you've made it to the finals. And um, you have to fly to South Africa. Do you have a passport? I was like, passport? I think I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> for my passport. <laughs> we were like, okay, no problem. So they sent me money. But I already had the money to make passport by then. But I was like, Wow, for make passport and even things I'll ever fly yeah, in life. Yeah. So I don't get for use the passport. Yeah. So um I did send me money and I went to um immigration, yeah. Uh, I made my passport and yeah. A week after that, they flew me to Ghana for my visa and I came back after that. I flew to South Africa. Yeah, so um we we had a two weeks boot camp and um, I pitched my business and uh so my first time in South Africa, I met a lot of young Were people. You yeah, Joe okay. So I met these people. Uh, most of the finalists for the Anzusha Prize were like, "Hey, this guy was hey, uh, the Nigerian guy was uh, 
his name is Boluwati Feomotayo. He was like, hey, my name is Boluwati Feomotayo. I'm a TIA fellow, blah, blah, blah. This, I'm in that, I'm in this. Masters in that, I've won like five awards. Yeah, lady, he's Everybody's like, like a, a big hit. Like, yeah. yeah. Was like, she was like, um, my name's uh, Alina Karima Musama. I'm uh, 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 a Queen's Young Leaders uh, Award honoree. Blah, blah, blah. I won this award. I won that award. I've been to UK, America. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> it's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I went to the, the manager. I think it was it the general manager. And I was like, not sooner. You know what? So if you, made it, if you make it to the finals, and so the first winner is uh, got to uh, manage to get save secure twenty five thousand dollars. The second, uh, the first runner up gets like fifteen thousand dollars. The third runner up gets um, twelve thousand five hundred dollars, and the remaining seventeen people gets two thousand five hundred dollars. And I was like, hey, nice name, you know what? Now just give me the two thousand five hundred dollars and I go sapo because it's swell and I go talk. Oh, that's so that's so cool. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Two thousand five hundred dollars. I need to go home. I need to go manage my business. I'm not gonna compete with these people. She was like, uh, Siraj, eight hundred people applied and you they make it to the final. Up. And um, I feel like you, you also, you're smart and there's opportunity for you and your business. And yeah, you might be a winner if you believe in yourself. I was like, okay, no problem. So started working hard and yeah so we pitched and uh i won uh, yeah i was the, the yeah, first one up and i secured uh, fifteen thousand dollars so yeah so what was that moment like for you like when you found out that imagine by then i was making something around three four hundred dollars yeah. and i got fifteen thousand mm dollars -hmm. so the first two calls that i got that day was like siraj you don't get money now and I will go America. <laughs> Wait, so when like your people like yeah, found that, out you had won. My own family yeah, they call like you don't make kind of life. Yeah. What's it gay once? Yes. Come on. Go America. Go America. I would have used that opportunity to go to the US, but um, because I've met a lot of people, a lot of young entrepreneurs who attended the program and my peers who were finalists and they inspired me to come back and continue working yeah, harder. Yeah. So I came back and um, I bought machines because I found out that we have a problem for energy in Sierra Leone, more of a cooking energy. And almost 70% of the trees that have been deforested in Britain are used for charcoal production. So I was like, hey, we got a huge problem. Why why, why not um, go into this thing? And yeah, because you just cannot tell people like, um, no, you, you don't use a, a, a wood coal because it is expensive and without providing alternative. Yeah, you need an alternative. Like people... The radio broadcast of the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast on Radio Democracy 98.1 is made possible with a generous grant from the Asma James Foundation. The Asma James Foundation empowers women and girls with mentorship, scholarship, and life skills training. To make Sierra Leone better for girls and girls in Sierra Leone better, visit the Asma James Foundation at asma, that's A-S-M-A-A, james.com. And now, let's go back to the show. It 
it's a tricky thing when you have people who don't earn a lot of money yeah. and you want them to change their behavior because what they're doing is destructive or not good. Any like, you know, like this change, you know, behavioral change. You have to give them there has to be Something, substitute. Yeah. Like I have to cook every day. You know what I mean? Like either you give me and not only you have to give me something, you have to give me something cheaper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or something cleaner. Something that's there's actually a a USP, like a real value yeah. for me switching. Because otherwise, if it's exactly the same, it's like, well, wait to make up for do this. You don't give me easing. So no, you're totally right. You need you need an alternative. Yeah. So I bought my machines from uh, Ghana and So you didn't buy paper bag machines yes so um so you decided basically to pivot yeah away so, from paper bags yes. so, to um, something else even I, though the paper bag was i was making money from the paper bags but i was still young by then so i had no mentor and i got no friends so i just did what i was after the show you're gonna have to have a lot of friends we're gonna find like <laughs> we're gonna have like a be friend siraj party <laughs> like we go make pool nado for you <laughs> make pool nado for you for okay. people like, like everybody come and meet siraj please be his friend so yeah <laughs> so um i did what i thought was the right thing so um yeah i bought machines and started making bricket and from there yeah so the bricket also turned out to be a very nice idea and um yeah so that's how we grew from paper bags to bricket and now we're doing poultry farming because mm -hmm. and I, I found out also um that you we, we are doing something so i started applying forward and um raising funds is so hard in Australia. you know you just cannot walk to somebody walk into this office and be like hey this investor and be like i got this idea this is a million dollar idea i need hundred two hundred thousand dollars they're not gonna give you that money you call faster ten thousand dollars yeah, they're not they give you invest five thousand dollars for twenty percent ten thousand dollars for ten percent and you you've been struggling with the business and yeah, you yeah. know this is and five ten thousand dollars is not going to do anything for you because it's not going to allow you to scale in any capacity so it's like operational yeah so so i had to do uh, i had to expand into poultry farming because um because i need a lot of money so to grow the business so i expanded into poultry farming so i can be doing two things and see how I can grow my business. Yeah. So um, now we're doing, um, we've just, uh, just acquired machines that are capable of producing now eight tons a day. Eight and tons of the, the, briquettes. the briquettes? Yeah, okay, okay. Today and um, we've got Tell me, what is the briquettes that you're, um, it's a coal substitute, right? Yes. Um, what is it made out of? What are the components? So uh, basically, right now, our briquettes are being made out of. Uh, so we make them from coconut shells, okay. and they burn longer than normal charcoal. And um, yeah, so basically, we have a lot of formulas because um, we we tried and piloted a lot of experimented a lot of uh, formulas. So maybe let's say, what if we run out of coconut shells? Mm -hmm. So we still have alternative something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we tried all sort of biomass waste and um, we have our formula. So in case we are not of coconut shells, we yeah, have something so. to, yeah. So um, we now have opportunities to export our briquette to, to Germany, US, Middle East and America. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. So, um, we've managed to buy machines worth around $40,000 from reinvesting our revenue and we expanded into poultry farming. Now we're doing something around 4,000 years. When you say we, 
Who's we? My company. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Do you have a board now that you've set up? Is it is it still just you? Um, it's not just me. We okay. have I have a team. Okay, who are? I might be the largest shareholder, but okay. um, but other people have, have now the, okay we, invested in the business. No, we've not got invested yet. Okay. But me and my workers, these workers got shares into the company, sure. and it's not just me. I'm not the only one doing it. So right. I got team so right. that's what of course of course okay gotcha no i just wanted i don't know you know sometimes it's like like yeah i didn't it wasn't clear who oh, we yeah. were you know yeah. okay yeah so um <clears throat> we managed to scale the poultry farming from 1000 layers back in july 2019 to 4000 layers in 2020 i had heard that some of your chickens had died like there was a year when you lost like a yeah, lot of yeah lot of so um we started the poultry farming we grew to almost 3000 in just 19 months mm-hmm. and um we lost around 2000 we are back to 1000 again mm-hmm. but this is business sometimes it's gonna hit you so hard and be like oh yeah because <laughs> poultry farming is well was it animal husbandry is yeah. very volatile right yeah. because animals can get sick like people yeah. and because they all live together and you're breeding them together if one gets sick you know what i mean it just yeah. can like really Go through. It's crazy though. You make a lot of money in poultry farming, and you lose a lot of money with mm-hmm. in just two three months. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how I managed to grow the business. Okay, so one of the things that um, you know, after you applied for the first grant, you've applied for lots of other grants, um, which I think is really great because once you start applying for stuff, you get into the habit of applying, even if you don't win. I think applying makes you better at pitching your business and just like having that as an entrepreneur, you got to be able to pitch your business and talk about your business yeah. and sell your ideas to people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Cause, um, I applied for the United Nations Young Champion of the Art uh, Award mm-hmm. in 2019. I, uh, so I didn't win the award. So I was one of the regional finalists and, um, so I got the invitation from the United Nations to attend uh, the General Assembly meeting and the Youth Climate Summit. Okay. So I attended the meeting. I met a lot of few people and I spoke a lot of few people. So I got somebody who nominated me for the Harvard Award that I won. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if maybe you might award, uh, apply for this award and you did not win, but you might meet people through that. Yeah, because money, it's like there's a whole... Yeah, that's actually a really good point. There's a whole global network yeah. around different things. So somebody, maybe you didn't win, right? Yeah. But maybe there was somebody on the panel who really liked what you were doing. And so then them beca- they become like an evangelist for yeah. you. because, And next time they're doing something, they're like, oh, you should really contact this guy. Um, that's really great. Tell me about this um, award you won from Harvard University. So um, I got I, I got um, nominated for the Harvard uh, 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 New Venture Competition mm-hmm. in 2020. I was at home and I received the, uh, the, uh, the email in the morning. I was like, I told my mom, hey, man, and they don't nominate me for this award now, Harvard. Mm-hmm. And say, the Harvard award, are you saying I didn't be getting <laughs> That's it, yes. That's it. They not be saying, nah, scam up. Oh, there's a lot of fear, right? There's a lot of fear, yeah. Now I say, this it look like not to go. So, fewer. I was, so I got his call from um, Donald. He was uh, the, I think he was the, 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 
coordinator okay. or something for mm-hmm. the award. So he called me like, hey, Siraj, somebody nominated you for this award and um, we want you to be here uh, 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 next week. And you, uh, in two weeks, do you have a visa? I was like, yeah, I got a visa. So I got three years visa by then. So I was like, I got a visa. You're like, okay, you can be here in one week. So I went to Harvard again. So I went to Harvard. I competed with people like people that we are like my mentors three years ago, two years ago, the likes of um, 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 uh, Geoff, uh, Geoff, uh, uh, no, Alex Mativo. He was making around $1 million revenue. Mm-hmm. I competed with people who make like $2, 3000000 million revenue a year. I was like, but I was not, I was not scared anymore because I've done it before. Yeah. You know how to bamba with the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I respected them though because um, they are my mentors. So we met and we were like, okay, no problem. Now I'm competing with my, my mentors. <laughs> So, um, so we pitched our our business ideas. The money was was not huge. It was five thousand dollars, but but it's the, the network. yeah, of course, the yeah. That's I mean, in the U.S., a lot of opportunities yeah, aren't about so, the money. It's about so um, I've got a lot of um, network from that award that I won. Um, the media attention. I saw you on Business Insider. I was like, okay. <laughs> Like, forget about Siraj. Siraj is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it really, 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 really helped me a lot. And um, it created a network for me in the U.S. And, um, yeah, so I've not got a major in, uh, uh, investment yet, but mm-hmm. I've got people helping me out to grow the business, people helping with um, a market opportunity, and people who are donating money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, 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 this... It is a good business idea, and I think that um, there's a lot, uh, there's a huge market for it, and um, and because I know it's not easy to build a global a unicorn, so because even Tesla. Are you trying to build a unicorn? That's like your moonshot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, in the next ten years, I want to run a Pan African company co- uh, producing right. bio briquettes across Africa. Listen, listen, I hear you. I mean, there is nothing. And no one to be served by playing small and having small dreams, especially in a place like Sierra Leone, where um, people don't produce a lot. They don't do a lot. They don't create a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the dream should be. I was talking to somebody who's, who was who had a tech startup last year. And I was like, yes, there's no reason why a tech company in Sierra Leone or a company in Sierra Leone can't be a unicorn you know what i mean like we hear every day about nigeria you know what i mean like yeah, uh, people started companies in in in, in singapore singapore is just around five million people yeah, singapore sizes but yeah, they yeah, got unicorn companies yeah so um with the business insider um interview we've got investors showing interest um who, who want to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars for us to expand to um start producing briquettes in um uh, uh, uh jamaica Yes. So, yeah. Are you afraid of growing too quickly? I'm not afraid because okay. I've seen people doing it. Okay. So why, why am I? Why am I? No, I just. I mean, I just. Ah, I just ask because you know sometimes people are like, yeah, if you want to invest, but you know, now wait for us. You know, there's this just thing of like, yeah, yeah. Even when uh, I, I talk to this investor and they say we 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 want try to expand to Jamaica, mm-hmm. we're like investing. <clears throat> Two hundred thousand, but it take this social share. So I talked to somebody like, ah, 
Now I go and invest what kind of my business, begin to tell me what you have to do. Come on, you not go do them alone. You hungry, no go do them alone. And if you not get people around you, will help you grow. People where these investors know more than you and they can mentor you. And if you get the right person, we will not get the same vision. Why you not accept them? Yeah, plus you can scale and you know you can get to a point where you could even sell, right? No, no company, not in the world where I want green person own everything. So we need for the accept people into the into the companies and also the right people, not just anybody, the right people then yeah, to help you grow. In this period that you've been growing these ventures, what kind of support have you been able to access from within Sierra Leone? Um just the total startup awareness. We will be right back after this short music break. Are you ready now? Been 10 over 10 again. Solo. Okay, let's go. Listen. Boutique up with two big. Every morning I'm up on my mission. I'm up on my mission. It like a tire, tete, I never go sleep on my vision. Sleep on my vision. Music is not just something that I do on a weekly occasion. So don't be surprised if I step up the stage while the fans are on stand innovation. Watch, party, 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 not if I'm business, please. Don't take it personal. If DJ Rampage is still functional, leaving him on the deck is not optional. I want for put on me Benny and Kenana playing for go international. Uh -huh. So push on the corner when you see me coming. Sign up precaution. This is professional. I know the care go me market na host. The mommy in money for come up. Elect this anti map the host. The mommy in money for come up. I keep it so good with the business. Customer in knock na me do much. 1,000, 2,000, 10,000, 10,000, the money in money for come up. Uh, uh, it's a 10,000 charge, uh, 10,000 last. Uh, Buying up by some, you know what's the class. What's the if you know one, the team, I for let you pass. Now so man, they made the work and the class. Albert's academy, business is good. You student, the part believe me, I would. Me, I'm sitting, putting this aside as I can. A sick one with every, you made me a man. See, I'm the hustle, no laughing. Watch out, bus close, na designer, no patch. And I prepare, na table, where they're not a bacha. Na in the giddy, a woman, a bacha. Shout out me man and a cabby a lot The work not funny, you carry a lot Progress the process, you see the results So can let we go, are you ready or not? And all the care go, me market na host The mommy in money for come up Elect this anti map the host The mommy in money for come up I keep it so good with the business Customer they knock na me do much 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 The mommy in money for come up The mommy in money for come up That was Dwizzlelick with the mommy in money for Komot. And now let's head back to the Make Sailor Famous podcast. Okay, from Total the Enter the Yeah. But so does you mean to tell me like and, and I'm asking this genuinely, even though since 2019 you've been this like international star <laughs> for uh social entrepreneurship and the I mean, I guess the renewable energy stuff is like more recent, but like, how is it that, like, I don't live in Sierra Leone, right? I come and go, but like, every time you've done something, I've seen it and, you know, we've tried to cover it on the blog and stuff like that. We went to do the chickens <laughs> like, like during uh, COVID and all of that. Um, why do you think that there's this, um, 
I don't want to say dichotomy because it's such a big word and who even knows what it means. But why do you think that there's this contrast, right? Like as a young entrepreneur who's within the country doing such amazing work, why do you think that nobody within here cares? So uh, basically, it's not just about young entrepreneurs in, the, uh, in Sierra Leone. Um, we Sierra Leoneans um, love people out of Sierra Leone. We, we look forward to Nigerians um, who are doing, maybe there's, they, you are an artist, right? You're doing something, but we do appreciate foreign people more foreign, than us. Right. So, um, so, uh, so we won this Access Bank Award thing in, in um, uh, was it in 2020? Yeah. Women Prima Picture Done. Mm-hmm. Um, my co-founder and director was um, Adam Ajala. Mm-hmm. So she was competing with the Nigerians, the Kenyans, the Ugandans, and Rwandese and Rwandese. So she was competing with the Nigerians. So she had, I won't say she had complex on the Nigerians, but um, she was afraid because these people are Nigerians. I was like, just be yourself. These people have been with these people, have competed with these people not mm-hmm. once, twice, and have won. And um, you, 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 you can do it. Mm-hmm. And we managed to win the award, and we are the first people to ever win the award from Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. So um, these people might not be greater than us, but because we are here and our people might not accept us the way other people accept us. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've done a single interview with AYV mm-hmm. uh, when I came back from South Africa. I had to write to them. That hey. first one. Yeah, in 2018, I had to write to them. Hey, I just won this award from South Africa. This award has been there since 2011. And uh, then... There's another Sierra Leonean who... Um, being a finalist. Yes. Who's and he also there. won in 2020. Yes. There's another one in 2019 yeah. who I mentored. Yeah. He, oh, okay. Yeah, I mentored the one in 2019. He became a finalist. I mentored the one in 2020. He won the award. Wow. Yeah. So you guys covered him. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah. 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 So I was like, it has been there for a while, and we've not got somebody representing us. And I've yeah. done. I went for the award and I won. So I need you guys to cover my story. They did. Since then, nothing I have not had from them. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising. Um, One of the things I always say is that the reason why people know me and know about my work is not because of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So what I had to do was, so when I first started uh, my TV show in Sierra Leone, this was... 2000 it makes me feel so old now this is my first uh like the pilots that i did of the show was december 2008 and we started shooting the show in 2009 from 2009 to 2011 my show was on slbs and then later slbc in that period not a single local journalist wrote about my work, interviewed me. Nobody within this country recognized what I was doing, period. I only got to know or understand the value or the impact of my work when I would walk around in the street and children would run after me. Like school kids would come up to me or I'm in the market and they'll say, hey, Vicky, I like your show. Like, that was the only way I could tell 
that yeah, what I was doing was good because when I would go outside, everyday people would say, hey, I really like this. I really like that. And then one time also, um, the president of Sierra Leone called me. This was President Koroma. And I'll never forget this because, you know, for a young person, for you to be doing something that you feel like nobody's noticing, um, he called me and he said, I really like your show. I went from my room. I'm going to be good. I remember when the call came through, I was like, he was like, hello, this is, this is President Kuruma. I said, which one? He said, what do you mean, which one? I said, which President Kuruma? And he was like, what, you don't know my voice? And I was like, which, my President Kuruma? Like the one in <laughs> Because like, I couldn't even imagine like a world where you know what I mean? So I remember him calling me just to say that I like what you're doing. It had an incredible impact on feeling seen, right? And feeling valued. Um, but other than that, like the media, right? Because if, if you're in a country and you're in the media, I feel like the media's job is to tell stories about the people in the country. But nobody, the media for the most part, is not particularly interested in what young people are doing and not particularly interested in entrepreneurship entrepreneurship and business. So it's politics is their number one concern and recently entertainment, but really politics. You know what I mean? That's so, so for the rest of us who are not in that, nobody knows. So the only, so when I first started, I was featured on Reuters, uh, Voice of America, and um, I think Christian Science Monitor or something like some other publication. So I did get pressed, but they were all international. international. People who would randomly meet you and like at a bar or something. And they're like, oh, I, you know, and you say what I'm doing. They're like, oh, really? That's cool. And then they, but within Sierra Leone, nobody told my story. And I realized that if I don't learn how to do this, <laughs> If I don't learn how to talk about my work, if I don't make it a habit to let people know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, no one is ever going to do it for me. And and that's that's what it is. You know, um, yeah. Um, our mindset is so crazy in Australia. Um, you start you start posting a lot of stuff about your achievement or things you're doing on your Facebook page. You'll be like. You brag a lot. Mm-hmm. Come on, if you do not sell your money. You know, most of the time they say I too like attention. Or I put something say you we don't say a lot of in, uh, I mean comment about that. Yeah. So <laughs> like now you want green, they do something. Like you're <laughs> if they're not selling out, why you not go sell your market out there? Yeah. It's a mindset that really needs to shift. Um one of the reasons why I'm doing this series um is because actually it's really a direct response to um the gap or the absence of just like focus and 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 intentionality on young people on creatives and on entrepreneurs and i realized you know it's one of those things where you're like someone should do this someone should do this someone should do this and each year you're like nobody's doing it nobody's and i was just like you know what i'm the sub i just do this thing because if i wait for them it's never going to happen and i think it's so 
I believe that there are certain people in our society whose success is so important that we all of us have to be invested in it because yeah. when they succeed mm -hmm. it has a ripple it's going to have a ripple effect mm -hmm. so you have to find them and support them mm -hmm. um otherwise because when they succeed they're bringing other people along with them yeah. that's one and then also they become a point of reference yeah. somebody else will say yes people we don't have that in sierra leone we don't have you know you had to look outside of sierra leone yeah to get this information. But how many people in Sierra Leone, young people have access to the internet? Do you understand what I mean? So for those who don't, they need to hear your story on the radio. They need to see it on TV. It needs to be everywhere. You know, you need to be like a brand ambassador for a bank, right? So people understand that like, yes, Sierra Leone may or may not be a bleep hole of a country, according to Donald Trump, but within that, there are still rose, roses that grow from the concrete. There are still, um, there's still light in the darkness, or my favorite one, you can still like cultivate a garden in a gutter. Um, and you, so you have, to, you have to really, really find those people. Um, but I think what's important about your story is that even though nobody here may give a damn about what you're doing, that you just keep doing, because you're not doing it for validation, nor are you doing it for recognition. We will be right back after this short message from our brand partner, The Dollhouse Boutique. The Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast is supported by The Dollhouse Boutique, an American household brand for one-of-a-kind fashion and bespoke creations. Find your next stylish look at shopdollhouseboutique.com. We have stores in Baltimore, Maryland and Los Angeles, California, showing the best of local designers. Our first international fashion boutique opens in Sierra Leone in 2022. Until then, find us on Instagram at Dollhouse MT Vernon. That's Dollhouse MT Vernon. And now, make we go back to the show. You're building a business because. First of all, you need to survive. Yeah. <laughs> right? You need to survive. And then also, like, you know, you want to solve problems. Yeah. Right? Create and employment opportunity. Doing it for planet Earth. That's, right. that's right. No, absolutely. How has your, um, I don't want to say success because I feel like you've really only just started, but yeah. how has your growth impacted your family? So actually now uh, I live with my mom and um, mm. so she's not in Connor. Yeah, she's not in Connor. She's now okay. she now manages the, the poultry farm okay. and um, I got a lot of people, friends. Most of my workers are friends that I lived on the street with. Um, okay. Some are my brother, my cousins, and I employ a lot of them. And um, ninety five percent of my workers are youth who were once homeless, maybe living on the streets, mm -hmm. drug abuse, and all and stuff. So yeah, so I feel like. We we did grow together, and it's not just about me. It's about us together as a family, mm -hmm. and the young one them where they come up and be like, hey, we get somebody for helicopter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes the media can be bigger than the um, the impact. 
Yeah. Right. Sometimes yeah. then they promote the wrong people or maybe they might. That too. Because of connection. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes just like, you know, luck, yeah. right? Somebody's at the right place at the right yeah, time. There's an opportunity. Elements connect. Yeah. And before you know it, that person becomes the representative of this thing. Um, and that's the only person people know, right? And it just never changes because the they don't align again. You know, the stars don't always align. Like, you can be there, something like you did a 50 year, the stars are aligned for you. One person can walk on a street, quick, boom! <laughs> You're like, why, God? Um, but I, to I totally um, I understand what you're trying to say. Um, so, the bricket that you're making now, um, which is made from, um, I guess, natural, yeah, you know, shells, coconut, coconut shells. Um, how have you been able to get people to do that substitution? Like, how are you marketing it to serial unions who don't like to try new things? So, um, as I say, um, you need money to grow your company, right? And um, you need to be profitable because uh, even profit is impact because mm -hmm. if you're not profitable, you're not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so at the market time to people in Sierra Leone and not just also to people in Sierra Leone, also the market time because okay. um, basically right now, most of my sales are 70, 80% of my sales now out of salon. Right, so yeah. you're exporting. So, you're is it exporting via sea freight? Yeah, to Guinea, okay. most to Guinea, okay. Liberia, and we export to sea, uh, via sea to okay. Germany. And wow, what kind of volume are you doing? That's in, that's massive. Um, and not too huge for now because um, we just get the opportunity last year to now because of uh, um, maybe the media. After you won the Harvard yeah. Award, right? Okay. So um, we did build them up gradually. So um, to people in Sierra Leone, we get lots of supermarkets where they sell those products now. Okay, we get okay. St. Mary's, Freetown yeah, Supermarket, okay. Freetown Mall, and um, Detroit Trams at Calbaton. Most of the supermarkets now Western yeah, they sell the product. If you go, um, you go see a brand called Rukcha. Mm -hmm. Now we break it. Yeah. Then we get so you're not doing direct retail sales in Sierra Leone. You're selling to wholesalers who are then retailing it free. So you're not doing right the, the direct. Retail. Yes, for now because um, uh, 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 I feel like um, it takes more money and it takes more time for beginning to sell to one person. So mm -hmm. for now we because we did grow um, small, small, and we you not get the investment and the kind funds we need, mm -hmm. and you just cannot do everything at the same time. So mm -hmm. you, you start somewhere and yeah. So for now we sell to. Let's say um, with this two wholesalers yeah, and then they, they retail them now. Okay. So now this might be a question you don't want to answer. What other entrepreneurial um, opportunities do you see in Sierra Leone right now that you're not doing, but like in your mind you're like, you know, this Tiasona, the next thing this way, people then for do like what are <laughs> like somebody needs to do this. Um, so uh -huh. basically, um, recycling a big business and a booming business in a salon. Am I not plastic recycling or, or am I not? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I ain't finna tell y'all where what I mean, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. Recycling, y'all want to recycle? There's something in yeah, there. Okay. So, okay, okay. Recycling business not a big when it comes to um. Uh, producing and uh, uh, 
construction productions like um, like building material stuff. We get a lot of stuff that we, we can recycle from to produce this stuff and mm -hmm. even to uh, no, it's okay. I was <laughs> Because we plan for recycling, now. recycling. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody. Siraj said the next big thing: recycling. Una go de quick. Una check, una check Google, una check YouTube. You know, recycle, recycle. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally hear you. It's from the first time I came back when I started coming back to Sierra Leone um, from the U.S. on holidays. Um, you know, if you're in Freetown, there's no way you cannot be thinking about all the waste we produce. We produce so... Ah, one of the things that, like, for me, I feel like we need to do, first of all, is to ban um, single-use plastic. Ban the plastic bag, ban land, which means ban the pure water sachets. Plus, even Kenya. Kenya banned it. I went to Kenya and I was in the market. And I went to Kenya five times in like a year and a half. And each time I go to the markets, you know, you know, like you brain so like I didn't notice some, but I know they notice some. Mm -hmm. Like when they work in the markets, and I'm just like the markets diff like no not no to any diff special markets, but the markets been different. Like yes, even potter potter, but you not been dirty. You understand what I mean? So we didn't work out, I don't understand. Like, I they buy it in there, then they give me this different one mesh bag, way not so plastic, and so kind of different uh, material. And I'm like, oh, they bring back there, so they're interesting. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is interesting. So either I was getting brown paper bags or this other bag. Now, by the third term, <laughs> it took three trips. The third trip, now I realized, say, oh my God. No one's ever given me a plastic bag in Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And so I asked me, the driver, me, Uber, I was like, Jared, you guys don't use plastic bags? He's like, oh, no, we ban, we ban, we have a ban of plastic Basically, bags. I feel like we policymakers need for travel across these countries for sea. I think they, they do easy. travel. I think they do travel. Like, like, I'm not sure like, if they do travel because... <laughs> The power say they continue for flying. We must not reach the other thing I know is that they travel, woman. Maybe they, they travel. They travel. I just feel like, um, man, maybe it's that the problems are too many in Sierra Leone. But they do travel. They do see. But it's about um, sometimes in Sierra Leone, until a donor makes something a priority, we not go on we own. You understand what I mean? But because single-use plastic, if you go... If you go to any beachside, seaside, you look in any gutter, you I don't go bomb for do show one thing. We've shot in Bome. I, I mean, I've been everywhere in Freetown, right? I don't even go na Banana Island, which is not Freetown, but Pen Peninsula. Everywhere you go in this country, the things that, what follows you everywhere, plastic. the plastic bottles and the pure water sachets. So we know it has to be banned. I mean, like the day that I found out that pure water sachets, then they get permits for Ministry of Health. Yeah. I was like, wait, I'm sorry. How is it? <laughs> Me and Ministry of Health. I see the gutters. I see the filth. Da, 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 da. Why would I give permits to anyone to do pure water sachets? And then somebody said, oh, it's a question of like, because the government struggles to provide enough water, they see the pure water sachets companies as kind of like 
some medium term kind of stopgap measure, you know what I mean, to provide. So it's like a health, almost like a health initiative for allow people to forget clean water. So now you're getting permits. And I was just like, this is insane. Like what you hear? Don't forget to leave us a review. Your reviews make it easier for others to find this podcast. Don't forget to share it with your friends and family. Basically, in America, say maybe in the or in pay attention, but because Rwanda had the same amount of problems where it's really been get like 20 years ago. But these people, I mean, they might not be like America, but they're not rich. They're not rich when you look at their, yeah, when you look at their GDP or their per per uh, per capita income, you know, much bokupas we know. Sometimes we own like four hundred and something, they own like five hundred and something. So they're not earning. Like not a wealthy country. But then they grow, then they do, then get polished. Yeah, like it's maybe what I did. It's different. I remember. So, yeah, I went. I went to Rwanda, um, and I spoke to the question where I I was in front of President Kagame, and I was like, "Your city, this Kigali, is too clean, my brother." What are you? Twenty nineteen. <laughs> Mina be one of the speakers for the Youth Connect Summit. Um, nah, Kigali. Mm-hmm. I've been getting invitation from Paul Kagame, mm-hmm. and I go in with um, yeah, me. So me go alone, mm-hmm. and I get this um, UNDP people go. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. So uh, as Mina be one of the speakers, they're like, hey, Siraj, okay, yeah, you do this. So how your country don't help you? Like waiting at the stuff we. Um, the government don't provide for, for you, you if um, and yes yeah. because um, for Rwanda and other countries we get at least we get funds available for young people we want yeah. to start something yeah. Wait, I was like we laugh, smile. <laughs> 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 go ask that guy to Bayana. go ask her to your so, so after after the conference that night we didn't get this um this dinner thingy so he come with me, Oman come with me, like, in Abu Boy, get mine. Wow. You shocked me, wait, don't you shock me? Wow, wow. Wait, you know how they talk, you only keep on saying, like, for say, oh, then it's guy for we, but if you've not... So, so that's how we became friends. Okay. I was like, me never receive anything, and I never heard about anything, but young entrepreneurs in Australia look yeah. at our young ministers of you, yeah, ask right. him. <laughs> <laughs> you miss some. That's so funny today. No, yeah. So, um, yeah, anybody that's gone to Kigali and knows the history of Rwanda and anybody that knows the history of Sierra Leone and comes to Freetown, the the difference is we know they near yeah. at all, at all. And um, it is disappointing. But, you know, at least we have people like you who are solving problems. And I think what's what's really great is the more people in Sierra Leone hear about someone like you um, and what you're doing and what you've accomplished, the there there there's like no re- like how can you not be inspired? You know what I mean? So that's already enough. And you're also gonna grow, your business is gonna grow, you're gonna create more employment, um, employment. you're gonna pay lots of taxes. Now we begin pay tax. Where did tax money begin for nine governments get for cafe? They say, ah, damn people. So so if they will pay this fan tax, NRA will come and find you soon, don't worry. They'll come. 
They come in here. Anyway, so, okay. For a startup entrepreneur in Sierra Leone who is now um, in it or someone who's thinking of getting into entrepreneurship, what are your top three tips that you feel like every entrepreneur, like best practices? If you're going to be an entrepreneur, these are the three things you need to be mindful of. These are the three things you need to do. What are your top tips? Um, just know that you're going to fail. Okay. You're going to fail a lot. So if you're going to fail, what's the tip? <laughs> Fail fast. Okay, fail fast. Okay. I think I've seen that before on the internet somewhere. Fail fast, yeah. Be consistent. Okay. So the one is fail fast. And then two, consistency. Be smart and innovative. And then the last one is? Be smart and innovative. innovative. Because you need that. And um, being an entrepreneur is not easy. Um, There's going to be time when you'll be like, okay, so it has come to this and I need to make decisions. And you'll be like... What if I take this decision? What gonna happen? I might fail. Yeah, you might. So <laughs> you might. <laughs> so you have um board of directors, you have team members, so they will advise you, but it boils down to what you wanna do. You'll be like, Okay, I wanna do this and you go to bed at night and you wake up around one AM, you're like, Okay, yeah, so I've decided to do this. What if I fail? <laughs> You must have the audacity, the guts to do what you want to do, and you be like, and don't be afraid to fail. Because um, Elon Musk failed a lot. Mm-hmm. He failed a lot when he wanted to start his rocket company. He also though, he, a lot when he, he also comes from a lot of money. So wait, 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 people that get more money can fail a lot. Is nothing. No, <laughs> no, 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 listen. <laughs> Listen, the other people also will fail a lot, we not come from we not come from a lot of money. But me from basically Agili. But what have you failed at? You've been successful at everything you've done. Uh, me? What have you failed at? <laughs> so um I started poultry farming, right? I started for poultry farming with one thousand layers. I managed to get to make a lot of money and I was like, oh, let me just buy expanded, like, like let me just buy and try double this. Mm-hmm. I lost around 300 million mm-hmm. in one year. And 300 million is a lot of In poultry. Money. In poultry farming. Wow. 300 million is a lot of money. Is a lot of money. So for just 21 years. Forget about this in business, boy. It's just a number. <laughs> so I was like, Okay. <laughs> so, um, but that wasn't failure. That was just losses, as we can say, Panasalo. Now, losses. So failure would have been if you, if after you lost that money, you quit doing poultry, then that would have so, been. So, failure. so, make I tell you something. I get these companies where I don't start and stop them because they, because they it wasn't going to work. Okay. okay. So, I've been once at this recycling business for recycled plastic for police payment mm-hmm. tides, but because as so young, I get the money coming and uh, I'd be like, test everything, all things, put some panties, put some panties, put some panties. You understand? Because yeah. I wanted to grow fast and yeah. be like, and I felt a lot, lost yeah. a lot of money. Which yeah. I said, I don't lost more than 600 million in businesses and we, right. I don't start. You were experimenting yeah. so you could so, fail fast. Yo, so I was like, all the businesses I don't do, and I just do the successful now because the poultry farming is bricked. But I get a lot of businesses and why don't start and stop. And I still get to do them back because I was like, now I didn't go back. Oh, because you Chris small. Small Chris thinks I end Skangayes. Right? Yes. Like, you're like, nah, man. I need to make this work. Yes, so. I'll be like, okay, now I, I, 
I use this different approach. So let me yeah. just. So I started this uh, farming also. Mm -hmm. I went into uh, vegetable farming. I did like 20 acres and lost a lot of money into. Uh, 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 into that, so <laughs> not test, not test. Like, yeah. explain it. It's like this is the thing, right? Um, being an entrepreneur, it's it's no different than being a scientist in a lab. The only difference with scientists in a lab is that, like, it's a controlled environment, right? Mm -hmm. You do you wizenkel, you mess up, you make okay, you start another thing, yeah. you learn um, iteration, and the only way to be a, I think, to be a successful entrepreneur is. Yeah, you have to keep doing and failing and learning, improving, refining. You know what I mean? Like, and every mistake you do in business, you pay with money. Charlie, who are you selling? <laughs> <laughs> I once started a women's magazine. It failed miserably. I lost a lot of a money. We sell a lot of money. Um, I'm like, I'm so, I still get the copy there. Was this book was a success? Yeah, but you know, this the books that I wrote, um, they're successful, but they're the least investment. investment I've ever put into anything. I, do you understand what I mean? In total, everything to make these two books, maybe including, you know, um, the illustration and this, 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 it has not cost me even a thousand dollars for these two books. Um, and in terms of like the profits and the opportunities that have come, of course, like, you know what I mean? Like this one book, the first the first order we got was for like five thousand copies. So already, like, oh yeah, it's like zero. Um, this one just came out last year, and the first order, which is coming in this month, is for like we'll print a thousand copies. And you know they've been selling online. So yeah, I don't think of this as an entrepreneurial venture though. This is like a hobby. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It, I mean, what I make from it, make from it. You might be the biggest writer in the world. Maybe one day. Yeah. But what I, what, what, what could scale this is if, like, I had a partnership with a printing company, um, and then I set up a publishing house, and we have like a joint venture, and then my job would be to like buy stories from people and do, because um, the idea, and then opening a bookshop. Like I have that in my mind, like a bookshop slash coffee shop where I'm selling books from other places. I am obsessed. You're from New York. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> the little bodegas on the corner. Totally, like, so much, like, I'm glad. You get it. You understand. People don't understand. It's like you wake up in the morning. I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> it's totally, it's totally that. Totally a coffee addict. But, um, yeah, I think what you've said is true. Feel fast. Um, be consistent. I think for me, if I had to put those in order, I would say consistency um, is the most important thing um, in terms of business growth and success, especially in a place like Sierra Leone, which is a low trust environment. Mm -hmm. People almost have to see you doing something one million years before they'll give you one opportunity. Um, so you have to be consistent. Um, otherwise... I mean, all I did have, no one respects you. So, not be consistent, like business. <laughs> Anyways, it's been so amazing um, to talk to you, to hear your story. Um, we're now going to go to my favorite part of the show, which is on the six. Um, I'm going to ask you six fast questions, and you have to answer, like, with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is on the six with... 
Alaji Siraj Bas, CEO of Ragsol Trading. Now, what is your favorite Sierra Leonean parable or expression? Man, not a god. Okay, that's a good one. Um, what was the plot of the last movie you watched? Tell me in two sentences. Plots, like what was this movie about? The last movie you watched, so, what was it about? The last movie I watched was, uh, uh, it is an Indian movie called Padman, about, uh, I don't know if you've watched it. Um, it's Akshay Kumar, about he want to start a, a pad company reusable part company in India, so he failed a lot of times in, but at the final, at the ending, he managed to build a mega part company. Interesting. Um, what song are you playing on repeats right now? Boga by Kiss Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. All right, um, what is one thing you've been meaning to do that you still haven't done? Hit 10 countries in 20 days. Hit? 10 countries? What does that mean? Travel to 10. You want to travel to 10 countries in 20 days, so two days in each country? Traveling a lot. Wow, okay. Um, When you want to quit, like when you want to stop doing what you're doing, what keeps you going? I think the impact, the money, and yeah, the positive impact on the money. And last but certainly not least, who is one Sierra Leonean dead or alive who really inspires you? Sierra Leonean dead or alive who inspires me? Balabari. Balabari. Okay, I'm going to ask you a follow-up. Why Balabari? I mean, I know why. (laughs) For our guests who do not know Balabari, why Balabari? Because um, Bailobari is you know, one of the entrepreneurs who get in a salon way after them die for like 30 years. Still now, the name still the end. Just imagine the amount of yeah. impact way they create in the country and the amount of companies where they mean get, not now entrepreneurs where you get like maybe buy one Jiwagon, blah, 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 and all. But these are the entrepreneurs we've been, I feel like, being control the economy by then. And yeah, we've been in a good position by then with these people. Thank you very much. It's been so fun talking to you. Like, I had a blast. Okay, bye. Ta-ta. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Make Sailor Famous Podcast. Until next time, ta-ta.